Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hi, folks. Off a week and everything falls apart. Oh, I know. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And uh, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. I got a lot of nothing. Well, that's not true. I did a lot on Saturday. It was very strange not having Good Morning Multiverse because you were out of town. Uh, Yes. I was occupied with... ESPN. Mm. They had uh, they they needed uh, the the way the the way it works for networks. You have the the production crew that comes in with the trucks and the cameras and all this other stuff. Then they hire local people sure. to come in to help them set up, work the game, tear everything apart, pack it up. So Friday I was in Manhattan, which is a two hour drive from here. Mm-hmm for setup and then the Kansas State game against Baylor. Right. And Kansas State is going to be having some very difficult conversations here the next few days. Um because that game that game was awful uh for K-State. As a K-State graduate, <clears throat> there's a long history of that game was awful. Yeah. And but uh had but, some good years, but uh yeah. yeah. So I spent all of Saturday there mm-hmm. and uh we did not do a good morning multiverse. Uh, but we did get the weather out. We, yeah, so we got the mm-hmm. weather uploaded yep. on, on Sunday. Uh, but usually those whenever I do one of those, I spend somewhere on the order of three or four days recovering from yeah, those yeah. because I'm just getting old. <laughs> Older. Older. You're getting older. And it's more difficult. Sure. It's more uh-huh. physically oh, yeah. challenging. Now, at least this time, I wasn't hauling gear up hundreds of steps. Yeah. It was just, you know, roll it out to the field and you know, everything. Um, and that also is one of the reasons why we didn't have uh, Chilling with Pineapple last night. Because mm-hmm. I was dead tired on my feet. And the last couple of episodes have devolved into everybody wanting to talk about Star Wars. But we and have, you we have, have a, a show for that. That's right. So I'm just like, okay, go over to um, Ranker Pit and mm-hmm. and vent there. And I got an email from Lucasfilm today, representatives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Jeff and uh, the uh, ukulele, Penny and. Right, 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 right. Uh, what's it? I think it's Penny and Jeff, isn't it? Well, that's his real name. What's it? Oh, well, well, uh, anyway, yeah. they, they have a, a ukulele mix of mm. the Cantina Band, a ukulele oh, right, arrangement, sure, huh? and we've used it. We've had it before, featured it in, in some of the stuff that we've done. So I was like, well, that would be perfect to have as our opening theme for Frank. Sure. So I sent an email to Lucasfilm to see what we would do, what what would be involved if we could get permission to use that as the opening for our show. And I heard back today that we can't, of course. But the way the email is worded, I may have to change the name of the Ranker Pit to something not Ranker Pit. I don't know. I've I've sent them a note to Uh, to clarify because it's all 
properties of Star Wars, sure, right? Sure. And everything. So, you know, Ranker Pet is, is that. So, anyway. Well, hopefully not that's a great name. <laughs> yes, Thomas says, nope, just old. Yep. Thanks, Thomas. That's that's a me. So, that's well, me. I got to do some film work this weekend as well. I was actually working on a music video on Sunday. Um working with a guy here in town, uh, Todd Norris. Uh, I went on his podcast and promoted this very yes. show and sci-fi for me in general. And uh, Todd and I have worked on several films before. He helped me with my Temptress music video. He shot it. He did beautiful work. Um, just like eight or nine years ago now, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, but we did beautiful music video. Very proud of the work. You can find it on, uh, plug, plug for our work, you can find it on YouTube. I am Eve Temptress. Uh, check it out. I think we did a beautiful job. Watch the long version. The long version has got more story. Is it's that the a, version that's got my behind-the-scenes footage in the credits? It does. Okay. So yes, uh, but it's also got. It's also there's a plot to this music video. It's not. I mean, we, you can watch the short version and enjoy it, but the longer version, and you get to see more of our fantastic cast and some of the beautiful shots we got. Yeah. Um, and so. Todd uh, called me up and asked me if I wanted to come out and help on a music video this weekend and had a wonderful time. I, when when the video comes out, I'll plug it here too because the band was really, really a lot of fun to work with. Very talented people and it was just a lot of fun to make. It's a very silly video <laughs> and we're and people, will, I think people will enjoy it but wow. it's, it's fun. So it was, it was about a, gosh, I went out there, I was the assistant director on it so I went out at 11 yesterday morning and I got home at 10.30 and... Um, I got something else to eat, and then I said, I'm going to bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd been up since 8, so I was like, yeah, you know what, this, is, this has been a good full day. I love being on set. And wow. when, it's, when, it's the, when it's the kind of thing when you're doing your own project or you're working on something that's just the, the vibe is a lot of fun. Right. You can go for hours and hours and hours, and you know you're tired. But it doesn't bother you as much. Yeah, the the whenever I do any kind of a sporting event like this, where whether it's you know working working sky cam or doing what's called skilled utility, mm -hmm. you know, a cable puller or whatever, um, it's go 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 go, mm -hmm. and I know that I'm not able to stop. If I stop, that I'm done. But if I keep going and just push through, then. When I get home and I get bed, then I'm done and yeah. I'm okay, right? You know, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is which is in some ways. I mean, that's that's good. Tired. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. It's, it was it was. I got stuff done. Tired. There you go. So anyway, um, okay. So um, programming note: we got some feedback. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to give us feedback, you can send us an email, h2o at sci fi com. We'll throw that up here in a little bit. But um, we got some feedback on the show. Uh-huh. I saw that. Um, we tend to repeat ourselves a little we bit. We tend to repeat ourselves? <laughs> we tend to repeat ourselves. I don't. I'm shocked so, at that. So uh, we're going to Not shocked at that. try. We're going to try. Make no promises. Make no promises. We're going to try for the next three months. Let's put a let's put a window on it oh, just to see. You know, just for the next three soul. months. There are certain topics that are going to be relatively off limits, unless there's something that just massively comes in and demands <laughs> we talk about it. Sure, but considering but, this list. I know. So we are going to do our best to avoid talking about reboots. <laughs> that one's probably dead aborting. The Hugo Awards, 
which we're in between. We, yeah, we, 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 go, we got some time. We can we uh, definitely put that John, on. John Carter. Okay. Because apparently we talk about John Carter a lot because people need to look at you. Know, people sure, need to watch right. John Carter. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, now, I'm going to put a I'm going to put a qualifier on that because there is now Mar- Marvel Comics has made a deal with the Robert E. Howard estate for the rest of his work. Right. Not just Conan the Barbarian. Well, that's 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 Robert E. Howard. That's what am I saying? John Carter is Edgar Rice Burroughs. That's, uh, that's Tarzan. But there is an Edgar Rice Burroughs universe being sure, developed. Right, yeah, yeah. So I was kind of in the ballpark. But there's an Edgar Rice Burroughs universe being developed that's going to be novels. I don't know if comic books are involved in that. But John Carter could end up in that as yeah, well. And, and, of course, for those of you who are comic book readers, the there is a John Carter, various John Carter series that show up. Yeah. Is it ID, ID, Dynamite? Dynamite, yeah. Dynamite has And it. I've looked at some of them, and some sometimes, I think it's, a person, I think it's a hit and miss for the quality. Yeah. Some of them are really pretty good. Some of them are kind of like, well, we had a deadline, maybe. Yeah. And, but, you know, to each their own. But. Right. And uh, to answer in the chat, Cronuts, no, we have just started. We have not gotten to our topic yet. I'm just going through a little bit of busy business here first and give, give people, we give, we kind of kill time a little bit in the beginning just kind of give people a chance to get here and find us and settle in with and their coffee maybe and maybe get our tangents out of the way we get our vamp, ha, vamping ha, done ha. And, and digressions and whatnot um and then the other the other one is the other the other topic we're going to try to avoid is Halle Berry's Catwoman and Helen Slater's Supergirl and the the resulting Decades nobody long, wants nobody 20, wants a female lead superhero. Plus years yeah, of, that. Uh, so so those yeah. are our those are our four. There right. is another there's another one on that list, but I can't remember what <clears> it was. <throat> but those are going to be the topics that we try to avoid repeating ourselves with right. all the time. So so for those um, of you who join us in the chat, yes, Glenn says <laughs> two minutes into the self imposed ban, and you launch into John Carter in the comics. Well. <laughs> I, it, the, I was. We're I was explaining the band. I was explaining the qualifier to the to the to the moratorium. So that's right. You know, all right. So so there's that. And then the other piece of feedback that we got was from somebody who listens to the show rather sure, than uh-huh. watches the show, because apparently <laughs> two old guys sitting in recliners in a den is very. Visually stimulating, which there's nothing what? exciting here when nothing happens. So I since since we sit, happy. it's rather right. boring visually. Uh, yeah, this is true. We're not the most well. We're not you know we we've said before we have faces that are great for radio. Yeah. Well, and and there's a reason uh, there's a reason why we don't do a whole lot in terms of throwing up B-roll video or photographs or or other people's websites or anything like that because YouTube is notorious right now for striking anybody for anything and and the way their algorithms are working right now copyrighted material that doesn't belong to us I mean, like that, people are getting dinged left and right. So it's very, and it's, yes, you, it's, it's and you, very precarious for us to even try to put anything out there. And say, oh, hey, look at this. And there are, and, yeah, and there are plenty of sites out there that have the big name recognition 
where they're doing like hu- showing huge chunks of a movie mm-hmm. right? as, as criticism and things like that. Yeah, but we they, can't do that. But they've been around for a while, and they right. and most of them have uh, legal departments at this point. They, they're big enough to actually have you know gone through and gotten you know. Well, I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll give shows. you a for example. We have uh, a piece of music that we use for Good Morning Multiverse. It's our right. theme song uh-huh. for Good Morning Multiverse, and we have. Um, Yes, David. We'll get. We'll talk about the Tic Tac. Uh, so this this piece of music for Good Morning Multiverse, I have licensed out of a library mm-hmm, right. that I have paid money for. Right. As a matter of fact, I just renewed it. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap, and almost every week since January, when we brought the show in and we started back up. I have had a copyright strike on that piece of music from this company called AdRev on behalf of a third party. And and, right, it's, yeah. and they've hit me every single week. And we dispute it every single week. And I'm finally like, guys, I've had enough. How 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 can we get whitelisted here so you guys leave us alone? Mm-hmm. And we we've, we've provided copies of the documentation for the license. I said, here it is. Go away. So we'll see. I mean, we didn't have a Good Morning Multiverse this past Saturday, so I don't know if they're going to leave us alone or not. But, oh, what are we doing? Oh. Making it more visually stimulating. More visually stimulating. <laughs> and it sure. was a gift from a watch. That was from what, Ray? Didn't he send did these? Did Ray send these? I don't Ray remember who sent these. I don't know. Did Ray send these? I don't know that I really want to. Do we want to do Visually. No. Visually? Visually? Is this any I better? Mean, if you're, if you're I don't watching, think this is any better. If you're watching and, and, and you find this entertaining. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, my head is too large. Yeah. For let's let's switch. Oh, we're gonna switch. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna see, see if it's try to trade. see if it's just a question. No, of, mine, my, no, doesn't fit. Every sure. time you guys break a rule. Oh, every time we break it, this a is this. Oh, is, this does fit better. <laughs> okay, see. it's all yours. I got a Santa hat back there. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. This is necessarily. It, it's a little. It's a little uncomfortably snug. But it actually fits all within the frame. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> David says no hats. Um, <laughs> thanks, David. Thanks, David. Appreciate um, it. Glenn, uh, Glenn says, I have to wonder if companies just do copyright strikes to see who won't challenge it. Um, there's a story. Can I tell my story? Can I tell a Star Wars know. story real quick? Can, you can tell a Star it's Wars It's a very story. quick Star Wars story, and then we're going to get into our topic, I promise. So, so he said. A few years ago, bef- when, we, when we first got our channel, we were doing stuff. Um, Lucasfilm sent us the trailer for one of the Star Wars movies. I think it was Star Wars. They were re-releasing one of the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. movies in 3D. Junior Office Dog, leave that alone. So Junior Office Dog is digging at the moose. So we're just phrases you don't get to hear very often. I know, right? The things I got to put up with. All right, so, um, so Lucasfilm, I get an email directly from Lucasfilm. Right. Yeah. Says, here's the trailer for you to share with everybody. Here's where you can download the trailer. It wasn't just a YouTube link. It was download the trailer, and you could have right, yeah, the copy uh-huh. and whatever. Right. Because it's sure. publicity department. So we download the trailer. We put it on our channel. And we get a t- 
going to get a copyright strike from 20th Century Fox. Because nobody's talking to nobody, talking to nothing. Yeah. And nobody knows what's going on. So, Glenn, to your point, um, I, I, there might be some of that going on where the companies are just seeing who fights it and who doesn't. But there's another part of it that a lot of this is, is automated. Yeah. By the algorithms now, they're 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 looking for pictures. That's one, that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of video flip backwards, mm. is to trick the algorithm, and you know the audio gets tweaked or whatever. So you know these things are really super smart AI, little pieces of code that recognize right, trailers. Yeah, yeah. So we got a copyright like they sent it to us. <laughs> I have the email. And we successfully fought it. But at that time, you know, I had to get Lucasfilm involved. Right, yeah. And I, you know, I had to, I had to send an email to Lucasfilm. I was like, hey, guys, 20th Century Fox is doing this. Would you, are you guys not talking to each other or what? So anyway, that was that. All right. Topic? Our topic. For those, for those who are listening to the podcast... I have printed out articles. And the unfortunate thing is, in discussing all this copyrighted material that could get you dinged, there's like all this music that we could be dropping into this right oh, now. Oh, I know. Yeah, we could really ham it up on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, so a few weeks ago, where shall we start? Shall we start with the Navy? Let's start with the Navy. All right, so the Navy. This is an article from a website called The Black Vault. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, I, I, we try to trace our stories all the way back. And to, this is not the only place this has for, appeared. This, right. this, this story actually this made is, quite a bit of stir across the web and was reported by a lot of different news sites. Right. And apparently, this is where it started. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the New York Times and a company called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. They started this story, but the Black Vault was the first site to get confirmation from the United States Navy on this. So we'll start there. And and for those of you who don't know anything about the Black Vault, they are a site that has gone and gotten a lot of they, – they fire, file a lot of Freedom of Information Acts. Yeah. And so they've actually quite a bit, if, if you're interested in all in this stuff, and it's not just this particular topic, uh, they have – they're an, it's an interesting site. So this is – um, take my 20-year-old glasses off so I can actually read this. Uh, this is dated September 10th, mm-hmm. 2019, so it's yep. been a while, a little bit. Uh, article by John Gr- Greenwald Jr., headline, U.S. Navy confirms videos depict unidentified aerial phenomena mm-hmm. not cleared for public release. I had to. Right. Right? In a series of statements obtained exclusively by the Black Vault, the U.S. Navy confirms three UFO-related videos represent what they call, quote, unidentified area phenomena, or UAPs. Originally released by the New York Times and To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, beginning in December of 2017, the three videos are commonly referred to as the FLIR-1 gimbal and go fast. Right. And I think go fast is the one that everybody's calling it the tic tac. Ah, yeah. Uh, the third one was released on March 2018. According to TTSA's website, the clips represent, quote, the first official evidence released by the U.S. government that can be rightfully designated as credible, authentic confirmation that unidentified aerial phenomena are real. 
the Navy's official position now confirms TTSA's claims, at least in part. I'm not going to read the entire article, but this is this is from uh, this is the next the next graph. The Navy does quote the Navy Navy designates the objects contained in these videos as unidentified aerial phenomena, said Joseph Gradiger, official spokesperson for the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information Warfare. Mm-hmm. Now note where that's coming mm-hmm. from. Yeah. When asked why the phrase UAP is now utilized by the U.S. Navy and not UFO, Mr. Gratisher added, the unidentified aerial phenomena terminology is used because it provides the basic descriptor for the sightings and observations of unauthorized or unidentified aircraft or objects that have been observed entering or operating in the airspace of various military-controlled training ranges. So the long and short of it is, we're not going to call it a UFO. We're going to call it a UAP because it's it's broader mm-hmm. and it's not space. Ooh, spooky. And, space. And, it's, and it's also connected to a potential security threat. Yeah, in in their eyes. But the Navy also asserts the three videos were never cleared for public release thus confirming the official stance of the Pentagon originally issued to the Black Vault in May of 2019. So basically they're saying nobody was sh- nobody was supposed to see these videos. Right. Which goes even further to add to the whole, are they UFOs? Are they <laughs> aliens? Now a reminder here, of course, is that right. in, in whatever terminology they are using, the, the phrase UFO simply means... Unidentified flying object. Right. It does not mean alien spacecraft. It's become shorthand for that. But the term itself and what it was set out to mean and what it really continues to mean is simply something you can't identify that is moving through the sky. Yes. Um, and, yeah, we all use it for shorthands for, you know, yeah. aliens. But. So the, the videos were... Uh, there was a, a a man named Luis Elizondo who made the Freedom of Information Act requests mm. for the videos, and he says his justification for the clearance to use the videos for government use only, unquote, unmanned aerial vehicles, balloons, commercial UAVs, private drones such as quadcopters, etc., continue to pose a potential threat to Department of Defense facilities, equipment, and allocation, Army, Navy. And Air Force have all acknowledged the potential threat by UAS oh, yeah. to DOD equities, but no single unclassified repository exists to share this information across all stakeholders. So he's basically saying you need to declassify some of this stuff so everybody knows what was going on so they don't get hit by something. Right. Yeah. I guess is, is well, because I mean, if you're, approach. you know, there, if, if these, for example, if this was a high tech drone put out by a, uh, an aerospace company. Yes. You know, if it interfered with uh, a small plane's flight path and caused a death, I mean, this is stuff that actually, if you're going to have a bunch of things flying around the sky, and we've got a bunch of things flying around the sky, there's the drone, you know, there's drones everywhere. um, These things actually can be a safety hazard. Yes. Especially if they're real and not imagined or fake. Well, at this point, at this point, we've got so many real things that are flying around. Well, yeah, because, you know, and, and Elizondo mentions drones, mm-hmm. and we've got 
all sorts of those that are now around for uh, for various different uh, use. Well, and we're talking even more potentially coming in with with drone deliveries, and you know everything from food yeah. to you know. I got, I would imagine there's got to be some sort of weight limit for safety's sake. You I would imagine think so. That You've got different have... size drones. Yeah, and of course now, uh, what what was it? Three or four years ago, um, drones just started exploding, pro- mm. proliferating, not yeah. exploding, pro- proliferating around the the media industry. I mean, got, sure, right, yeah. people like us mm-hmm. started using them because they're much cheaper than a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if you're doing any kind of flyover shot or anything like that, it used to be you'd have to rent a helicopter or a little plane and you'd fly around or go or go find footage uh, online yeah. that was uh, which would have to be shot by using a helicopter right. or a plane or whatever. And and it wasn't cheap to get a lot right. of the time. And and nowadays you can get drone footage that looks there's a there's a particular one online it is a fireworks display Mm. have you seen that one i don't know if i have somebody and i don't remember where it was i want to say it was in chicago it might have been new york um because they're it's they're over water Uh. and they flew the drone through the fireworks show And oh, it's I haven't seen that. Really cool. You you have to have to look for it. It's it's really neat, but it just shows the potential the potential use of drones and oh, yeah. and all of the different ways that you could do it. There's there's a lot of real estate companies now that oh, sure. fly over the property and here's we all used, stuff. We used a drone on the video shoot this weekend. Yeah, and our our friend Jason Miller came uh-huh. out and he he flies drones and um, you literally the it's this. <laughs> It was about the size of uh, maybe two two eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper, mm-hmm. right? and relatively quiet. And so our, our cast is standing on the bank of a lake, and the drone is hovering over the lake. And as it gets closer to them, it starts beeping. It's got a proximity sensor, uh, and but it sounds like. The beeping noise when the bomb goes off, <laughs> and so they're looking at it, going, "Is this going to explode?" And he's like, "No, it's just, it's just, it's making sure that you know it, it's letting you know that it's there." Right. But I was looking at it and going, "I, I grew up in this whole world where you see something like that in the sky and you think Skynet, sure, you think evil robots, but it's very, very cool. I mean, it was a very it, we had, we got some beautiful shots out of it. Yeah, uh, but it, it's." It's very eerie to watch one of these things. If you've never actually seen a, a drone up close, not one of the not one of the store bought little ones from like a toy store. I'm talking like the I have one of those little store bought ones, which from are cool too. And but, I can't use it because I found it in the front yard. Yeah, and there's no remote. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't. Yeah, you know, the battery's dead, of course. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's perfectly intact. Yeah, I just can't do anything with it because I don't have a remote. But the really high end ones and the, and the quality ones, and, and Jason builds his own. Oh yeah, uh, and some of these things are really really elaborate. But the the technology involved is really clever. But they are, if you are, you know, if you grew up in the world where the the idea of the you know evil AI and all that stuff is part of fiction, you look at these things and there's that part of you that goes. There's going to be a laser beam, yeah. and it's going to target me, and then I'm dead. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, All really hail cool. our Google Masters. Exactly. Right? 
I, for one, am happy to serve our new robotic overlords. Yes. So, uh, the other thing that happened as drones started popping up everywhere is the media media people like us, especially, had to start getting a license mm-hmm. to fly these things, to right, operate yeah. these things, because, like we were talking about before, they are a flight hazard. You can only take them up so high, and you can only go so far with them. You can only do so many things. They had to put rules on these things. Sure, because they were everywhere. Everywhere. And now Amazon, of course, wants to use them everywhere. I mean... Uh, sure, yeah. Sure, I mean, why not? I mean, I, I like getting stuff quickly from Amazon as much as the next person, but I don't necessarily need it to arrive by air. Yeah. Um, yeah I, mean, I live like, on the second floor. You know, I mean, is it going to come to my balcony? Well. Right. Well, <laughs> see, and the thing about it is, though, you know what's going to happen? Cool. The knock, first knock, knock. time... The first time something goes horribly, horribly wrong. Well, it's the flying car idea. I mean, on one on on one hand, it sounds cool, mm. but you know how bad people are driving. We we live in Kansas City. I thirty five cuts through Kansas City, and I thirty five in Kansas City is a Kansas City drivers. Well, anybody who's on it, whether they're from Kansas City or not, goes nuts. There's something about I-35. It's just stupid driving happens. Take that up in, you know, beyond two-dimensional? You know, no, uh uh-uh. I used to drive for a living. That's 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 ter- flying cars are a terrifying thought. I've I, I've been around too many too many other humans who drive things. It's yeah. It's they're cool, but no, no, mm. thank you. Yeah, I w- I wouldn't want to do it. No, I, just, I wouldn't want it's to be hard in to f- one. Wouldn't want to operate one. Well, if Elon Musk has his way, they'll all be automated. Which that actually might work. Cool, until it doesn't. See, the problem with automation is that it's it's programming, and and garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no, look, I, I at some point it's going to be the kind of thing where the the mar, say, the margin of error is going to be so much better than human reaction time. Yeah, because that's the way this goes. That it will be overall, it will be safer. Because statistically speaking, car accidents are just a thing that happen. Okay, and and, and you know a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of tragedy results from people being behind the wheel. Yes, and which happens whether you're at ground level or if you were going to be up there. Sure, but and 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 there will become a point where it will be safer for the machine to fly the thing, but we're all going to be watching. Mm-hmm. And the curve where, you know, the first cars, <laughs> there have been car accidents as long as there have been cars, and there have been car fatalities as long as there have been cars. Uh, but but the, the instant feedback, the, the connectedness, I mean, if you're doing, if there was a car death in New York in 1922, the people in L.A. might never hear about it. Right, it, you know, depending on who who died in the accident, you know, it might be it might be end up in the newspaper. It probably didn't. Now, of course, you know. So the first, and and we've already had some some injuries, and I think we had some deaths with automated yeah, cars. Yeah, the automated car. So and 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 to to get back to our topic, because mm-hmm. Glenn reminds us, it's UFOs. Are we have you UFOs? have you met us? <laughs> Digressions um, is what we do. Stop and consider too that 
when, if we get to flying cars mm. and drone delivery service and all that other stuff, there are going to be so many other things flying around the sky. It's going to be hard to pick out a UFO. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, what is that? Is that a weather balloon? You know, well, no, it won't just, even be a weather it'll, balloon anymore. It'll, it'll, it'll just be, be just, oh, it'll just, be drone. just another unidentified yeah, flying object. Just another object. drone. Yeah. No big deal. Is that a drone? I don't know. It's unidentified. <laughs> right. Now, um, and and to to Tim's point, this idea of an unidentified flying object, the concept of the UFO turning into the alien spacecraft, mm. did that st- did that started with Roswell? Or um, well, I mean, there was certainly I mean, stuff, there was really... stuff out of World War II with the, with the Foo Fighters, yeah, uh, and and the unidentified lights that that. Uh, people would see that were seen to be tr- following the planes. Um, a lot of ufologists like to, uh, and we were talking. You and I were talking about Project UFO mm, yes. from the seventies. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a Project NBC, UFO. Project UFO NBC. was was the was the American title. Project Blue Book was where it was in certain markets. And oddly enough, that's the name that seems to have stuck with a lot of us. Is yeah. Project Blue Book? Um, it was based because on that the, was the actual program. Right, it was based the on, the, on the Air Force program, um, but. They Jack Webb produced that show, and and of course we were. This was the late seventies when this was on the air, and if you were a kid at that age, and Jack Webb, of course, the Dragnet, the very the very matter of fact, right? The very very serious, very matter of fact, and so it had a it had it had a veneer, and I'm I'm going to use the word veneer of of authority because it was played very straight. It opens with I think it was the first season. It opened with uh, Ezekiel saw the wheel, saw the wheel. So there's a lot of folks who actually go back, and a lot of ufologists who have gone back to the Bible and actually gone right. to the story of Ezekiel and 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 what if you look at it in a certain way uh, could be an alien spacecraft. But I'm reminded of Jim Kirk's classic, "What does God need with a starship?" Sure. Uh, line. So, uh, but and there's there's certainly been stories about things in the sky. In a lot of mythologies, and so I mean, this this is not a new thing. But the 20th century was really the place where this exploded, and where it started getting some serious, legitimate, quote unquote, attention. We had cameras, yeah. we had movie cameras, and we had things. And in this day and age, when it is so easy to fake something, and that's one of the, why why this stuff is actually very very interesting because the technology, the special effects technology to produce these videos. Is there? I oh, could yeah. do it. You could do it. I mean, we, we've got the, we've got the toys, you know, at home that we could build these things. But it, that's not what this is. The Air Force has said, no, it's a real thing. We we yeah, we really wish you weren't looking at it. Um, but it's the the explosion. I mean, certainly Roswell, um, and and whether you are a believer in Roswell or or, or think it's you know, it was a weather balloon or whatever the various explanations are. Right. Because that was the problem with Roswell, of course, is that they couldn't, they kept giving out a different explanation, like, you know, because... It's a weather balloon. No, it's a, it's a they, dirigible. It's a... Well, you know, the, the, the department, of, the public relations department for such things, it was not very well developed. Well, I mean, <laughs> stop and consider this. This is the same United States Air Force that invented Santa Tracker. Sure. Remember, because, yeah, uh-huh. you know that story because the Santa hotline. Apparently, the there. I don't know how many of you have heard this. Um, 
somebody there was a there was an ad posted in a in a in a newspaper where you could call Santa. You could call the North Pole. And they got the numbers transposed and somebody called Cheyenne Mountain, mm-hmm. which is an Air Force stronghold and up until a few years ago was NORAD. It was the yeah. big you know, if you watch war games. Uh, if you see Stargate, you know it's it's under the mountain. This is a big Air Force complex. It's not uh, it's not used for any of that stuff anymore. I don't think. But some some sar- I think a sergeant picked up the phone and somebody said Santa, and he just and he rolled with it. Yeah. And and then <laughs> that's when NORAD started getting involved in tracking Santa because they've got all of this gear. The original to track. unidentified flying object. Exactly. Are those reindeer? I don't know. <laughs> um, they're they're ood. Ood. Yeah. <laughs> because Santa is a time lord, right? Well, there you go. <laughs> See, and that goes all the way back to See? episode zero. There we go of the H two O podcast. Right. See how I did that? So, uh, Glenn Glenn Bartlett. In ancient times and even up to pre modern times, painters and artists had to capture the images from memory. But with the advent of photos and videos, there became little room for recall error. Um, yes and no, I would say, because certainly um, a lot of the photographs, and I think one of the things that's made the UFO, the, the search for an explanation for some of these UFOs, is while there was certainly a photograph of whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times those photos were a blur motion. or I mean, it, it lent itself very well, of course, to the unidentified part. Sure. But it also meant that reasonable explanation reasonable and let me more that's not the right term um more definitive explanations were often harder because some things just don't photograph well at speed or the person wasn't necessarily a professional photographer things like that but it definitely meant that, that, that there was an you had evidence that there was something up there whether it was an identifiable thing or not um, if it was a you know and and some things at certain angles don't look like what they are right uh, you know Colonel Harry Shoup yes was the NORAD commander on duty the night that little boy called Santa Glenn uh-huh. Bart- thank you Glenn Bartlett with the trivia thank you Glenn now Glenn did you look that up or did you know that was that ready recall or or the or power of Wikipedia yeah. <laughs> to the internet <laughs> that's right uh, yeah I mean, it's it's a fascinating subject I mean when I was a kid. I ate that stuff up. I mean, we were talking about this before you were talking. You know, yeah. We watched shows like, you know, uh, uh, Project UFO. Just I watched it every time. Every time. With, a, with, with almost a religious fervor. I mean, it was just, you was, especially if you were a science fiction fan, and the it only, just fed it. The only episode, the only thing, the piece that I remember from that show, there was an episode, I could for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what it was, but a young boy on a beach sees an alien an extraterrestrial visitor comes in mm-hmm. right and the entire head is a an odd shape and a human mouth forms to talk to this little boy <laughs> and the voice kept changing male to female old young or whatever as as he's conversing with the boy it's the only thing i remember about the entire show see um i i looked i looked again at some photos from some old publicity photos from it and Thus, the guys who played, and there were there were 
three actors. There, there was the lead was changed between season one and season two, and mm-hmm. there was a, there was the second one. And in some respects, this TV show was kind of the X Files of its day. Yeah, and except played without. Well, played in the Jack Webb mold. Well, so very... it was just like Adam Twelve. They were taking stories from Air Force <laughs> Files. They Ex- say, except, except uh, one of the one of the guys making the show. I think it was one of the guys making the show, or it was one of the Air Force liaison guys, who. Uh... Oh, okay. Um, he basically said that after a while, they had so many they had so many files, but they didn't have an answer for. They just let the writers write a story, and mm-hmm. then they would connect it to the to the Air Force file. Ah, so but it started off literally with them going, "Do you, do you have this and you have this?" But then it was like, "Oh, just come up with your story idea. We'll 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 find one." Well, and now well, who was it? Was it was it um, who did the the show on? Um... Who did the show on the narrow it down? There's a there's a current there's a Manhattan current... Project. Was that was that AMC TNT? Who just did that show? I mean, that's not UFOs, but you were starting to see a lot of that re, resurface uh, the stories from that time period. Oh, yeah. Well, you there's know, a there's a new pro- there's a new that, project so. Blue Book show, which has no yes. connection to to the previous uh, stuff. Right, but it was it was definitely a. I mean, it was it was very if. if if you were a science fiction fan as a kid, mm. it was the kind of thing that just really got you because it was played straight, and they would sometimes have episodes where it's like, no, this is it was this identifiable thing. Yes, uh, because some of the cases that they, that Project Blue Book dealt with, they had an answer to. I understand we have a comment on our Twitch channel. Uh-huh. We are simulcasting. Broadcasting Hello, to the guys both. and gals on Twitch, YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate having you. Let me go you. over here and see. I don't see the chat here. So what is what is the chat over there? Well, I don't have it yet. So I'm asking you, what did what did they say? Who said what? Um, Tigs Pro. Tigs There's Pro. You said you sent me a picture. Yeah, it's still sending. It's still sending. Okay. Because I, I'm afraid I don't know what that means. Well, I will tell you what. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stand up and I'm gonna go over there and go and talk. Well, okay, talk. sure. So yeah, if you uh, um, if you've uh, one of the things they did a lot in the second season for those one of the ways it really kind of was its own. Moin service moin. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll figure out that um, in some way. But the the show, this, especially in the second season, they kind of leaned into. It would appear that they had solved the mystery, and then in the last few minutes, it would be revealed that there was really a UFO there. Yes. Um, and so, or, or, or sorry, an alien origin uh, for the UFO. If you go back in our video library. Mm-hmm. There is, and I can't remember, I think, oh, I, th- I want to say it was from 2013 at Fan Expo or Sci-Fi Expo, one of, one of, the, one of the events in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to interview James Hampton, who was in the cast of Hangar 18. Oh yeah, remember that movie? Uh, yes. I oh, that Hangar was such 18. a fun movie. It's a, okay. Let's let's have a qualifier here. 
It's entertaining. It's not a good film. I didn't say it was a good film. But it's I entertaining. I said it's a fun movie. Tiggs Pro, stick around. I hope uh, I hope you enjoy the uh, enjoy the stream. Yes. We don't get a whole lot of traffic over on Twitch. Hangar eighteen. Wow. Hangar eighteen. It's fun. It's uh, well. It's it's better than Capricorn one. <laughs> if, well, it's a completely if, different kind of story. But if there's if you want to use your you know yeah conspiracy cons, your conspiracy with astronauts. Oh yeah, um, and the government and the military and the baseline. The Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then it's better than Capricorn one. Um, how about, oh, what's that other, uh, the, the, the fact that, um, I don't know. Oh, help me out. Um, <laughs> you have to give me more than that. <laughs> I'm having a bad effect on him. Quit the moon, faces. the moon, the moon, who, who faked the moon shot? The director. Uh, Stanley Kubrick? Yes, Kubrick. Thank Who you. did not fake the moon landing. The moon landing happened. My great uncle Ray. Do not. My grandmother's brother. Yeah. Ray. Never believed we went to the moon. We went to the moon, folks. He died we in his 90s. To the moon. Convinced that it was all fake. Because now you have to remember. Now this this was, he was, this was, this was. You know, twenty years ago he was in sure, his right, thirty yeah. years ago he was in his nineties. He was he was born at the turn of the century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a lot of people that age, that generation, you know, television was this this magic box thing. I mean, what is this this technology here thing? And the moonshot, it's just another piece of it's just another story well, on T V. How it, do we know that we went really went? And honestly it was pure science fiction. It was the best yeah. kind of science fiction, heavy on the science. Yes. Except it was real. And and the tragedy was not that we went to the moon or that the, the moon landings weren't faked. It's the tragedy is that we stayed away for so long. Yeah. Um, and we know, still the, stay away. Well, you know, it's because Apollo, Apollo 18 met the aliens. Well, yes. And, you know, once <laughs> the aliens get involved, all bets are off. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, Apollo 18... Um, above Capricorn One, <laughs> below Hangar Eighteen. I like Hangar Eighteen. That's always and funny. I like Capricorn One, but it's dumb. Cronuts <laughs> yeah. ask, "Do you think UFOs could possibly be extraterrestrial?" Yes. The word "possibly" is in possibly. There. And he, and here's okay, <coughs> so when on when before we started recording, I told Jason that on my way over here, I I you know I I stocked up on the important media. Uh, clips that for this show mm. which was Animaniacs the universe song yes um the uh, Monty Python's universe song <laughs> and of course the opening uh bit for uh, Hitchhiker's Guide where of course they talk about how big space is and that's why the word possibly so I I, I would love it if we were getting visited I think that would be very very cool first of all we are one tiny planet uh-huh. on the edge of a galaxy we're not even we're not even in the cool neighborhood of the galaxy. We're out of, we're out in the super suburbs. We're in a marble on a cat. We're in a marble on a cat. We're well, we're in the we're in the middle of a snow globe. Everybody knows that. Um but it's no, one no, no. we're we're on top of the turtles. There we go. The, the oh, it's turtles the, all the way down. The elephants on top of the turtles. But we're we're one, you know, we're one galaxy in a universe full of millions and billions of galaxies. Now you got to say it right. 
billion, billions, billions and billions of galaxies. Yes. The lots of stars. The Space concern that the, it would be awfully lonely and, and seemed like an awful waste of real estate for us to be it. Yeah. Thomas said it could be part of the simulation we're in. That's also a possibility. I mean, I, everyone knows that. Uh, we're in the Matrix. Uh, uh, well, you know, um, Dark City, The Matrix, Truman Show, I, uh, Level 13. I have. Thir- no, I'm sorry, the 13th floor. Yeah. I. Which is better than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have trouble. Okay, I think we're going to put Capricorn 1 on our list over here. I have. Uh, see, I'm, I'm of two minds about extraterrestrials and whether they exist or not. On the one hand, as a science fiction fan, mm-hmm. I think it would be cool mm-hmm. if there were extraterrestrials and aliens and out there in life forms. Um, and there is that question as, uh, you know, if, if there is intelligent life out there, mm-hmm. then a sure sign that they're intelligent is that they've stayed away from us. You know, they see the well the, and the again stuff going mentioning on the here, Monty right? Python song, the, the the tailored of the universe song is you know pray there's intelligent life out in space because there's bugger all down here on Earth, yeah. right? So, on the one hand, I think it would be really cool if there were extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, um. As a matter of faith, when you look at you know the 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 creation story in the Bible and 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 Scripture, I have a tough time reconciling the possibility of aliens. But don't with you think that don't you think that, that if and and we don't talk a lot about religion on this show in in anything more than a news related thing sometimes, right. but on a, on a because my religious background is I grew up Lutheran. Um, I find religion fascinating. I have, t- I have a, I'm very, very well read when it comes to religion. I own a lot of books on religion. I find it fascinating. Um, although I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, I, I'm a practicing religious anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my faith and, but it's very much my own and, and it's a personal thing for me. I mean, I'm happy to talk to people about it, but it's, you know, it's not, right. it's not, it's not exciting. Right. Um, but don't you think in, the, in a universe as big as this is that they that these aliens would have their own um, redemption stories for God? I mean, this, their their own messiahs, their own um, you know the and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be the same. Right. Um, they wouldn't you know wouldn't necessarily be sending a, a you know a Jesus or a Yeshua ben Yosef or or a Moses or any or the other you know. Uh, religious figures from from Earth, but they're equivalent. I mean, couldn't I mean in a, in a universe this big couldn't have their their own you know? I would think because a, it's God. Uh, yeah, we're all God's uh, children. I mean, the idea sure, of the, uh, sure. all, you know, all we doesn't necessarily just mean humans. And and that that topic gets uh, brought up and discussed a little bit in the V miniseries. Sure, you yeah. have mm-hmm. you have. Uh, 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 the priest, mm-hmm. especially in the second one in uh, Final Battle, where he talks about um, we're all God's children, like you're saying. You know, is everything everything is part of the creation? So if there are extraterrestrials out there, then they are created by God, just like everything else. Sure. 
And it would stand to reason that if they are out there, mm -hmm. then they are likely imperfect as we are. One would imagine. I would think because if if we're the only fallen beings out of all of that's them, that's gonna suck. I mean, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I mean, that's a little flippant on my on my part, but at the same time, but, it's also yeah. But if you, you look know, at the if you look at the story, you know, Satan cast out of heaven, sure, and doing battle with God. So that's a cosmological scale event. Mm -hmm. That's not just limited to this planet. But wouldn't but necessarily the the idea what we see the entity that we perceive because we've got our own limitations as, sure, as humans. Sure, could certainly be you know the other alien race could have could perceive satan in a way perceive god in a different way because of their biological or chemical limitations depending yeah on how but i would think i would think concept wise the idea of god as creator um when you look at the trinity you know father son holy spirit when you get into the explanation of the purpose behind each manifestation of God, I would think that the Trinity would probably be a universal concept. Well, or, or well, maybe, but you'd also have the you know God's message message to humanity versus God's message to uh, whatever this entity, these group of entities over here are. So do, I mean, you can think it would be the same message though. Here's how well, you depends. get back into a relationship with God. Possibly, I mean, if if. And and you know again you could the whether or not there is whether or not God exists whether or not you know God is uh, has a you know an intimate relationship as in terms of, of a, a parent to a child or or an, you know the kind of connection that that a lot of people believe very strongly in uh, through Christianity and Judaism and, and and Islam and all the faiths of humanity right. um, whether or not that kind of really or, or god's just the, the watchmaker right the watchmaker sure, theory right sure. the, so the deism um so you can look at all these things and and i think in in a universe this big i mean and it's big i mean it's you know you might again it's you might think it's a you know a long way down to the corner store you know down to the chemist <laughs> but let me tell you about how big space is um i think there's room for that and i would be really surprised if that i mean as as much as and, and and this is and this is a personal thing. Okay, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to tell. I'm not telling anyone. This is you know. I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. This is my own personal thing. Um, I think it would be. I think it's very. I think it's unlikely that we are the only children of whatever creator there is, and if that creator does care about its creation, mm -hmm. we might be one of many many children that it cares about. Their children just look different, and they exist in different places. I that, that makes sense to me. I mean, I I don't, I, and that's that's less a matter of faith, and more yeah. a matter of that that logically works for me. Glenn quoting Arthur C. Clarke. Sure. Two possibilities exist: either we are alone in the universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. And that is the other interesting thing that that comes out of this is that when you think about how big space is. Okay, there are, it is, it takes a lot of, it takes a fair amount of effort for us to get off our planet. Yes, which we haven't done in quite a while. But there's uh, one of the things that, when you look at the Fermi paradox, right, which is the universe should be teeming with life, where is it? Mm -hmm. But the Fermi paradox doesn't actually take into account the distances involved. 
and the fact that as much as, as cool as it is that we discuss things like warp drive and folding space and all the various science fiction explanations we have from getting from point A to point B. Iconian portals. These gigantic distances. I mean, it's the closest star to us is four light years away. Yeah. Traveling at the speed of light, which we are incapable of doing at our current level of technology. We can't do it, kids. We can't even get close. Right. We're hoping, I think, I think the the best we can hope for is accelerating up to like 0.7 or something. I don't even think we can get to, yeah, it's super, it's super fast for us, not fast in terms of, of the yeah. universal speed limits. So the problem is, is that when you look into the, and, and that closest planetary system, Alpha Centauri, does not appear to, we, we, ha, we see no evidence of life showing right. there. And, and, you know, we get, Things like the Hubble Space Telescope and mm -hmm. all of these different things that were are pointed out there, mm -hmm. and all these signals that are that we're sending out there, you know, SETI and all of these satellite radio telescopes, and all the stuff that's pointed out there to the to the to the stars and mm -hmm. in all the different directions, and there's just noise. There's just fizz fuzz. There's no signals. Well, and again, the, the no problem is, is there's, that there's how nothing there, out there. If you had, and that's the thing, maybe the universe is teeming with life, but all that signal gets turned into white noise because it's too much. Yeah. Or, again, we're coming back to these gigantic distances. I mean, look, if if the next galaxy over is teeming, say the Milky Way is pretty barren, the next galaxy over is super, you know, they're like, wow, it's very crowded here. There's too many people. Mm -hmm. and But we would not know because... The distance and time, because every, because you know, we when we look out in the universe, we're seeing back in time. <laughs> Tom, Thomas says, uh, and we're talking about life. It's on Io, land no craft here. Well, and that's the other thing is, is that you look into um, the the two thousand and one series that Clark, Arthur C. Clarke went on with twenty ten and twenty sixty one, and three thousand one. Three thousand one. Um, the moon of Europa. One of the things about Europa is that uh, it's uh, the, the water underneath the ice. Mm -hmm. And there's a, several scientific theories that say the universe has got a lot more of those. And we would never know that the universe is, that these places have life because we're seeing the rocky frozen exterior. Yeah. And with, with, as our technology improves, we can tell that some of these frozen rocks are likely to have liquid inside. But we can't tell what's in that liquid. It's again, it's, too, yeah, it's and, simply too far away. And likely to have liquid is uh, is a hop, skip, and a jump away from likely to have life. Right, and because it, that's well, one of the, one of the more disturbing thoughts that has popped up is that because of the age of the universe and how we are relatively young, we, our star system is a relatively young one compared to others mm. in the galaxy, certainly others in the universe. Um, we maybe you know. Some people, and it's it's been some some rather impressive uh, uh, science fiction stories that come out of it, including some scary ones like the Berserker series, uh, Saberhagen, mm -hmm. uh, where basically we're at the tail end of the big galactic, you know, intergalactic life explosion, and that a lot of these races have just died out because yeah. they were around for millions and millions of years. But that was millions and millions of years ago. Yeah. And so maybe we're, you know, maybe we were in a galaxy teeming with life. And that we're just like, we, we're late, late to, to the party. We're late to the party. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas uh, corrects himself, Europa, not Io. 
He says that planet has too many moons. Um, <laughs> Jupiter does. Uh, that's okay, Thomas. We won't charge you a dollar for that mistake. Um, well, let I, it pass this time. Well, but but uh, let's see. Wasn't wasn't in the original version of two thousand and one in the novel? It wasn't Jupiter. Wasn't it Saturn? I don't know. I don't remember because I, I mean they remember. changed it's it for changed so it because long. of the movie. For the well, sequels. because then you've got the the short story and then the novel and then the movie yeah. and you know there's all these different versions. Well, and I think I think the cool thing is the because we have the imaginations that we have, we have all these great stories and yeah, there's certainly been the the idea that you know humanity gets invaded for usually very silly reasons if you think about it it's like especially if you're traveling if you're traveling hundreds of thousands of light years for our water when you could go to the to the asteroid belt and get a lot more water except without a gravity well they weren't coming here just for the water in v yeah i know but you know what if you if you've got the technology to travel across the universe debate that kind of thing you don't need any of the crap we got you can build it out of your own stuff but you know if you know in 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 the case of v in particular you know the fact that they had depleted all of their natural resources on but again the planet because, it went, well you know, and of course strip, strip mining and whatever else Ecological disasters and but I, whatnot. But I think, especially with the original miniseries, which was much more of a World War II Nazi allegory. Glenn does confirm it was Saturn in the book. Thank you. Wow. Um, the, I think, I think when that miniseries first came out, we weren't really aware how rich the asteroid belt would be for minerals yeah. and for a lot of the building blocks of what you would need to build anything. That's why there's a, a huge desire right now. The technology doesn't exist. Yeah, should we should go? We should be out there by now. We should be out in the asteroid belt mining this stuff. You want you want to you want to help the planet, folks? Go get the go get the 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 dead, the dead rocks out there that have all the building blocks you want to make anything you want out of it. And you don't have to worry about polluting the atmosphere because there is worry. none. Exactly. Well, that's just it. And, and quite frankly, these are just dead things that are out there. Right. And and uh, unless someone shows up and goes, "Hey, you stole my asteroid." Pretty sure nobody owns that stuff. <laughs> but see, the thing with it is, though, if you've got things like carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases that are a byproduct of the mining, you could harvest that there. and then create greenhouses if you, on yeah, places if you, like if Mars you, and if you the want moon to use, and Because, yeah, the, the, those things are very, very, those are very, very useful gases and chemicals. The problem is, is you don't necessarily want them in the atmosphere you're breathing right now. There's, there's, that's kind of the issue. But you're right. I mean, there's, there's stuff that can be done with these things. Yeah. So... But back to the original. I mean, these, if you've watched these videos, well, it's, it's if, a piece. No, but I mean, if you watch Aliens. these videos and you look at them and you listen to the to the recordings of the pilots, and you look at them and and there've been some there've been some legitimately interesting explanations of what these could be. Mm -hmm. Some of it comes out of location. This stuff was all happening down by coastlines, as I recall, or just out of the uh, over the ocean, yep. where you would expect to see. Some other country's high-tech observation drone or observation device. That's not what that's not what people have been saying it is. Right. But they're saying you cannot rule out the possibility that somebody else has a better toy than you. Yeah. And then, and um, but at the same time, and and well, and one of the other ones was this stuff started showing up at that particular time. These particular videos started showing up right after those planes got an brand an hardware upgrade for their radar tracking systems so there's that then these are people saying not saying that's what it is they're mm -hmm. saying these are things you need to discount but at the same time you, it, it 
even if you want to say that it's a glitch of the software, none of them look the same. So yeah, if you have a glitch of the software, you would think that you would they think would. it would all they would be identical. But and depends, so, oh, this thing is doing this. And no, I remember. Are, is it, are they the same kind of planes that were doing it? Because I, 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 I didn't. I, in, I didn't see where that In any event, was. There, that's that's a thing we have to consider here. Is that there may be a very ordinary terrestrial explanation? Could be. On the more other, than likely, there is. On the other hand, um, it would be the the thing that the thing that. A lot of scientists have argued for a while is that instead of being visited by organic beings, we'd be visited by machines because it's cheaper and makes more sense to throw a machine out into the void. It's a drone. It's a drone. It's yeah. an, and and it's it would be a very clearly Sent to talk to the whales. Very high tech drone over the ocean. Exactly, uh, at a smaller scale. And less uh, shutting down all the power of every starship <laughs> in, the, in, in the region. And destroying the planet. With exactly. Their... But that... <sighs> Glenn agrees with you. Which one? Which, which, um, which agrees with me in which way? There are still so <laughs> many variables to be ruled out for conclusive evidence. Yeah, well, I think... I mean, the science fiction fan in me wants it to be something like an alien probe. You know, because I it makes sense to me that you would have these machines... The thing about sending out a machine into the void, you can send out a, you, you build a bunch of them and you just shoot them in all directions. Yeah. And you trust, ha ha, you, well, it, it's a very optim, it's, it's a very optimistic viewpoint to sit there and say, we're going to send out all these probes out into the universe and maybe we're going to hit, you know, we're going to hit pay dirt and discover something. It could be smugglers or pirates. Exactly. Settlers. And maybe, but maybe we'll get information back. And so the 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 optimist in me says, let there be an alien race out there that sat there and went, we just want to send all this stuff out there. Oh. But the thing is, they don't expect it to come back anytime soon. So it would hang around and get information and zip around and. But then, how would the how would the information get transmitted back? Well, see, that's a very good question. And <laughs> I was until it merges with an alien and returning to Earth to find its creator. <laughs> Well, that's always the risk you take. I mean, really, when you're throwing out your, your uh, probe out into the universe, that it so, will encounter a superior machine intelligence. It would have been nice for us to get to the point where we actually did launch Voyager 6. It's kind of uh, you know, ironic there, now. But there's something, there is something beautiful about the fact that we have probes that we've sent out... That are they both out of the solar system now? I think now? they're both out, or they're almost I know, both out. I know Voyager One is gone. And the thing is, they're still working. Yeah, they're still transmitting. We were stuff expecting back. them to stop a long time ago. They're still out there in the universe, going, "Hi, we're here." The, it's going to take forever for them to get where we want them to go. Yeah. But the thing is, is that let's let's say, and I hope this doesn't happen because I I, I like I like this place. Let's say we manage to wipe ourselves out. I'd rather this doesn't happen. Or but, the superhighway comes through. Or the superhighway comes through. <laughs> Dear humanity, yeah. I'm sorry you should have checked the local planning office. Um, but we're still out there. Those probes are going are out there, and, and a little piece of humanity is out there going, we were here. And as as less than less than warm and fuzzy as it is. The universe is going to be here after we're gone. We've made it. We've we've made a mark. It's a tiny one, 
Yeah. But we still have a sign that's either saying we were here. But now if you, uh, as, as we were talking religion earlier, the, the, the book of Revelation, when we go, the universe goes. Well, depending on how, how long the time is. At the end, and that depends on your on, on how you interpret uh, certain certain parts of scripture. The, sure, the well, thousand and years. The, and the, 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 I guess the other thing is is that you could look at it and go, um, "That's that's God's plan for humanity," and maybe after we're gone, He sits there and goes, "Okay, let's have let's go over here to this corner of the galaxy and do one like this." We we tried the one with with two le- two arms and two legs and a head. Let's do this one with three arms and three legs and see what happens. Mm. I mean, you I'm know. not sure it's going to go that way. <laughs> well, and 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 I think, it, like I said, I think it would. I, it's a lot of universe, and it would be. It's very, fun it's, to speculate, but it seems like it would be so lonely to have just well, one. Because if you're going if you're gonna make all this universe, if all this yeah. universe is here. It it seems it seems to me that it would be an opportunity for a creator to fill it with life, and to fill it with with, with Un, every unless an infinite variety of life. Unless you look at it a different way, that God creates the universe. He creates the universe that is so vast as to defy comprehension, in order to prove that He exists. Because how. I, I, I have never been able to comprehend how anybody could buy into the everything exploded from nothing all at once, you know, the whole big bang. The, something had to go bang. There is nothing, you can't well, get uh, something from nothing. It is, you know, thermodyna- well, except, laws of thermodynamics don't work that way. Except that's, a, that's a, a, not a very accurate description. It, it's of a simplification, it's super, yes. yeah, because, but, because even people who believe in the, the, the Big Bang was created, but created, created the universe doesn't, don't believe it came from nothing. But the idea... It's, 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 to, to, to many people, it doesn't matter where it came from, it's that it happened. The, the idea of the universe being as complex that it is. Sure. As complex as it is. As I, far I, as we understand as it. As far as we understand it. Qualifiers. And the more we understand, the more we realize we don't understand Oh, yeah. Because yeah. physics whole, being what it is. A whole lot for us to learn. Um, what if God creates all of this tapestry of things for us to discover in order... To sit there and help us understand that out of all of this vast everything, nothing that's out there, stars and planets and quasars and nebula and whatever else, we're the only life. The prob- Doesn't that make us special, not lonely? Um, it depends, well, it, on, it, it, it I, depends on your point I, of view. I think it could. The problem I have with that is that because, again, we're back to distance. Because there are so many galaxies that we can observe that are out there, billions and billions and billions, we can't know that. Right. We can't know that we're special. You're taking that on faith. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying... Right. And, I, and again, it is, it is a matter it is, of faith. It is a matter it of faith. Is, it is, and it does... And, I'm, and I'm, I'm not discounting anyone's faith in that regard. To me... And it does fall into... Point of view and understanding yeah, how you I mean, how I, you reckon your your understanding I think, of, of God. You know, I think my 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 problem with with things like 
the the Genesis and, and the book of Revelation is that they're point of view stories. And I, I, I use story in the broad sense, not in the necessarily right. made up sense. Um, that are are can be interpreted, can be. I'm not saying that you have to, obviously. But they can be interpreted as, as people trying, people of an age trying to comprehend the universe oh, well, and there's, things. There are several interpretations of Revelation, and none of them, none of them reconcile with each other. Right, and there's and, and certainly there are folks who believe very much the Book of Genesis is is an accounting. Uh, some believe it is a a way of trying to comprehend the universe or make or explain things. Mm-hmm. Um, combination of stories, etc. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this stuff, but uh, it just seems again, like I said, it just seems like such a such a beautiful, incredible universe to put out there for us to to wonder about, and and considering how how long we live, and how how much it would take for us to get out there in the universe, how much work it actually takes. Like I said, we we're at the bottom of a gravity well. Yeah. That's rough. We're, then we're on, then we're at the bottom of another gr- where we're got another gravity well with the sun, the sun. behind us. Yeah. And then if you're talking interstellar flight, you're talking, you know, or intergalactic flight, you're talking another gravity well, mm. the black holes at the center of the, the Milky, Way. Of Milky Way. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that have to happen to get us out into the interstellar universe. Yeah. And I, I, ha- I, I hate a... to think we don't and that we're the only ones out there. I have a tendency to think that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it just my personal belief, I think that we're it. Um, and I think to some degree, depending on, and again, this, this goes back to depending point of view and I'm not, I'm not proselytizing or anything like this, even though we're commanded to, uh, (laughs) I think it's humbling in one respect that out of all of this, we're here on this Teeny tiny little insignificant planet, but it's not insignificant to us. And if you read scripture, it's not insignificant to God. And whether whether there are others out there or not, from from a cosmological standpoint, you know, if you look at the hierarchy—God, Christ, Holy Spirit, angels, principalities—you know, there's us. God has invested so much time and effort into having a relationship with us, with us, little tiny us. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder why, especially after looking at social media for a day, you have to wonder why God still thinks that we're worth the effort. There are times when I think at some point I'm going to wake up and there's going to be writing in the sky. It's going to say, I finally looked at Twitter you guys are cut off. God. <laughs> it's like, no heaven for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and we've made the joke that, you know, at some point Google is going to buy Facebook or oh, vice yeah. versa. And they're going to start reading everything that everybody posts. And then that's it. Skynet's born and everything's going to implode. But who wrote who wrote the short story? That it's like two pages long, where it's about the the American president who turns on the the most advanced computer ever made, and he asks the question, "Is there a God?" Oh. And there's a pause, and the computer says, "There is now." <laughs> who 
Uh, uh, that's a good question. Hey, folks on the internet, if you can, if if you can, can come up with that, I can't remember who wrote that. Um, well, and I think I think that's that one of the, the the really rich veins of science fiction that gets explored, uh, usually to 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 some very interesting ends, is how alien life, the discovery of alien life, would impact some of the religious aspects of our lives. Yeah. And sometimes it very much is a, I want to say it was Arthur C. Clarke who wrote, was it Clarke or Asimov who wrote the very, very chilling and sad story of the the priest or minister who was part of a, a, a ship that discovers that this is the the dead planet with this civilization on the remains of the civilization on it that was like very rich and and in the arts and and technology and Mm -hmm. and all these things that was orbiting a sun that was made to go supernova in 6 bc so that we could have the star of bethlehem ah and it's 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 a it's a very simple story um and and it, it ends with the with the priest or minister do you see pondering, um, pondering what that means that you know they found the they found the palace the temple of Ptolemy the fourth here not too long ago the missing the missing palace oh, of yeah. Ptolemy the fourth they were doing uh excavation for sanitation mm. work. Uh, and I can't even remember where it was that they found it, where the, the name of the city. Uh, it was, it's in Egypt. And nobody knew where Ptolemy IV had had his base of operations. They, mm-hmm. could, they never could find it. Stumbled into it, they excavated. They built something on top of it. They yeah. built something on top of it. And, well, and, and now, of course, it's a historic site mm-hmm. because... Told me before. Sure. You know. Uh, there was a, I don't know if you saw this, but there was, um, and not UFO related, but but archaeology and, and biblical related, there was, uh, they found, some people found what they think may have been one of the, because no one actually knows where the Sermon on the Mount happened. There's been theories put forth on where they think it happened, but mm-hmm. they found another one of the alternate locations that they think may have been one of the locations where the, the feeding of the, 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 the fish and and bread, right? Uh, the one of one of one of the traditional places. Um, they found another one of those places, and they are all identified as this is one of these those places that that historically and tradition wise yeah. might be one of the locations. Here's the story: a uh, 2200 year old Egyptian temple from the era of Pharaoh Ptolemy the Fourth has been uncovered on the bank of the Nile. Tomb was discovered by construction workers digging for a sewage drain in the village of Komshaku in the Tama Township, according to a Facebook post by Egypt's Ministry of Antiquities. Very cool. And I think we reposted that, and I made the joke, it's only a matter of time before they dig up the Stargate. Right, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Giza and, and, and all that. Um, I don't know, I think... I think, I think... And, and, and we haven't even touched... Aliens building the pyramids. Yeah, because aliens didn't build the pyramids, kids. Sorry, yeah, they didn't. Humanity, uh, and 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 it turns out from um, the the current historical viewpoint is that it wasn't slaves either. That there might have been slave there might have been slaves involved in the construction, but the people who actually did the the majority of the work were uh, apparently very well paid artisans. Mm. 
uh, which is which is interesting because of course the more you learn about the various cultures, the more we explore the history and, and learn a lot of the things about the. We've lost so much in terms of language, yeah. And then every time we come across a way of learning more about how they talk to each other, I mean, certainly we've understood a lot of a lot of uh, you know the Egyptian hieroglyphics. But there's more, you know, the more you explore this stuff. My father was an archaeologist when I was a kid, so I'm, I'm a big fan of archaeology and anthropology. I find it another thing I love reading about. But the more we learn about these people, the more we learn about their cultures, what we, you know, our first impression about a lot of these cultures is often colored by our own cultures at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we can look at things and say, aha, that's what this means. And then the more we learn about the more the more... You can learn about so I mean anthropomorphism. Well, and and certainly about that we we see this sliver of information. If you'd explore one Egyptian tomb, mm. it doesn't tell you everything about Egyptian culture. If you right. or, or explore one Mayan pyramid, you don't you don't know anything about why this town, you know, this this settlement grew into this cultural center, and then why it died. You just don't know these things because. A lot of that information is lost in time, but sometimes you get this kind of depth and sit there and go, "Oh, wait, they were paid. This is this is a receipt. This is this is a carved receipt of basically mm-hmm. we paid X number of people to build what thing over here. Yeah. You know that kind of thing is really fascinating to me. The intersection of ufology mm-hmm. and culture, of course. You know, we mentioned the Stargate. You know, there's all sorts of stories out there about first contact and oh, yeah. alien invasions and all this other stuff. Some of them are great. Some of them are not. Some of them are a lot of fun. Just don't stare directly at them. Because <laughs> you go, wait a minute. There is a, a, an intersection here. And we'll, I'll cover this real quick and then and then we'll close out. Uh, intersection between ufology and music mm-hmm. of sorts. Yep. Tom DeLonge and I hope I'm I'm saying that right. I don't know that I am because I never listened to Blink-182. Um, if I have heard You've Blink-182, heard of, you've heard of Blink-182 songs. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure you have. You just don't. Blink-182. Blink um, yeah. He was, from 1993 until 2015, a guitarist and a singer for Blink-182. Right. Uh-huh. And he is apparently very steeped in ufology. He mm-hmm. is really big into uh, this. And this is a this is an interview from the New York Times. Derek Bryson Taylor, uh, uh, September twenty sixth this year, mm-hmm. after all of this stuff came out for the Navy right. videos and whatnot. Um, this is an interview with Blink One Eighty Two's. Singer and guitarist, and yeah. he's talking about how he was interested. He's been fascinated by, by the idea of UFOs since he was in junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he says everyone still looks up to the United States government as having the resources, the intellect, and the duty to deal with subjects like this. We've been waiting around as scholars and researchers on the subject for many decades, and hoping to God that one day the government would come out and acknowledge what this is. This whole thing could be answered by the government. Maybe. Well, but again, it comes down to maybe they have all kinds of records that show that they don't know what these things are. Yeah. And, and you put all that out, and it's like the answer still isn't there. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is 
let's say that the that the that the the United States government actually does know. Sure. What good is knowing going to do? Because let's say Well that depends if I, it if depends it, on what the, the answer if is. If this is children of Earth if but, this is if this is torchwood yeah. children of Earth, then you want you, but you if, might not want to know. Let's say the answer is you know, the government knows none of it's real. Yeah. It, these aren't UFOs, they're not spaceships, they're not aliens, none of it. It's it's the secret Nazi. Nobody uh, would the moon. believe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it because people are so invested in wanting to believe that it's out there, you know, we got the posters. I I want to believe, sure. right? Well. And then, on the flip side, if the government does come out and they sit there and go, "Yes, these are aliens," here's Thor. <laughs> well, know, but here's I mean, the Asgard. To, to your to your point about about the about faith, I mean, there you could you could have a, there's an argument to be made that if you know that we're not alone and that these aliens are real. That you could have a legitimate concern about what that would do to your, you may not you might not worry about the world populace. But you might worry about your own people and your yeah. own country. And you sit there and go, you know, seventy percent of the country is Christian. How are they going to react? Yeah. How is this? You know, because if you're if you're a responsible government, you would you would, you, however you feel about the government, there's you would like to hope that at some point your government is responsible. You would sit there and think that. You don't want to psychologically damage, right. or or emotionally damage, and I'm just saying I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying it's a possibility. What you would do People is you good would intent. put you would put several television shows out to condition people to expect that the so, answer is that they are real. So All right, one so, day. So in the chat, Robert has. <laughs> uh, I want to get a consensus on this uh, mm, because sure. there is a there is a chat uh, there is a comment that's held for review. So let's let's all of us have a have a little powwow to see whether or not we let it or not. And I have an answer for you. You have an answer for what? The story. The story. Oh, the story about um, the computer. It's Frederick Brown. Frederick the Brown. The story is answered. It was written in four, uh, 54. Okay. And it's a short story. Yeah. 19, 1954. It was called The Answer? It's called the Answer. It's called Answer. And it's like two pages long, but it's super short. It's, yeah. Oh, it's not even. It's not even two oh, pages. Oh, it's, it's that's it. Okay. Um, are, are we okay with this? Well, you know, um, I'm okay with it for 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 the very simple fact that it's it's a it's a joke in the context of what we're talking about. Sure. What, I mean, Mrs. Like Boss. Well, right. it's, it's, it's we will even, go ahead and yeah. let Robert. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Robert. You cleared the hurdle. We. We we get the joke, yeah. <laughs> and that's fair enough. Well, and and that's the other thing is is that you know all the if you if you want to read that you can you can throw yourself into this. There's, there's so many fun ways to look at this and, and discuss. It. I mean, he re, you raised the point you know, in the joking fashion that, that the people who have first hand experience with encountering alien beings all tend to be from, you know, they're mm. they're the quote unquote stereotypical con- country bumpkin, right? They're the they're the person who no one's who's designed. They're basically. In fiction, they're basically the ones who are designed not to be believed. So, <laughs> Robert, you don't almost get banned every all the time. No, I, I, I think that I, it was funny, but it's yeah, it's the, we're good. The, we're good. You know, I mean, it's it's you would like to think. Well, obviously, you wouldn't want him landing on the White House lawn because um, I'm it's the pretty, White House lawn. I yeah, mean, 
that would do damage. Well, no, not only that. I mean, they've already had to move a tree. The instinct, the instinct for sick. you know, the instinct to, for for people to shoot at things what land on the lighthouse well, that's lawn. True. That's true. <laughs> now, if it was in what was cool the, alien spaceship, nonetheless. It's a, uh, well, if it's a Cessna on Red Square. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, you would, you that. would think they do something a little more elaborate, something a little more you know, day the earth stood still, the original. The original. Um, <laughs> Definitely the original. Although. I will say this about the remake. Mm. Keanu Reeves is believable. I, well, I, I, but, but it's... It's it, in context. It's in context. It's in context. Keanu, it's an alien, the it's an, of it's an alien vision, a uh, visitation story. Keanu Reeves is believable. He's the best part of the movie. Uh-huh. Because he actually comes across fairly well. As, so he, plays, he plays into the emotionless, detached persona that he, he, he's, he sometimes was accused of as an actor. Yeah. Um, before, when he was given he those really kind of leans roles, into it. Um, it, but it's not a good film, right? Go with the original. It's, Is it better than Capricorn One? Um, the first half. <laughs> the second Is half it, is not. Is it better than Saturn Saturn Three? It's got Saturn Three. It's got a <laughs> Saturn Three. You mean with with or Kirk Douglas Kirk and Carl Douglas? Oh, uh, well, okay, okay. But Saturn 3 has Harvey Keitel as the bad guy. That's true. That's um, true. On the other hand, he's got somebody else dubbed over him. Uh-huh. So the answer is no. What about Salvage 1? Do you remember that show? Oh, it's not better than Salvage 1. We will. Okay, so here's here's what we'll have to do at some point. We will have to talk about all of these shows. Oh, yeah, Salvage yeah. 1. Got to talk salvage about Salvage one. 1. Wow, that was, that's something. Okay, so on. Oh, uh, yeah. I, okay, we've got another. Let's see. Cronus. Tom DeLong was also part of the team to, to the Stars Academy and Stars Science to help release the footage. Yes. So he's uh-huh. our, he's part of that crew. Yes, and, okay. and by the way, uh, they apparently did just recently purchased something they think might actually be um, an alien metal. Yeah. Uh, but there's also been uh, some, and I haven't looked into this much, but I, I've seen stories basically saying they may have actually ended up getting taken. And then it might just it's spending a lot of money for what is essentially slag. Yeah, we we may have so, to we'll we'll have to circle back. We'll see what happens with that. at some point. Okay, that's gonna. I think that's a good place for yeah. us to to close out. Um, we can't go anywhere beyond a, a salvage one. I mean, come on. I, right. Well, and and I will leave you with this thought. Um, since we've been talking about God and religion and faith and whatnot, in in terms of, are we the only ones here? I believe it was Aristotle. I want to say it was Aristotle. And this is this is one of the few things that I took with me from my philosophy class in, in college. Um, one of the one of the philosophers. I'm going to say it was Aristotle. Is either there's a God or there's not. You should live your life as though there was one, because. You get to the end, and I'm 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 wildly paraphrasing here, but because Thomas Thomas mentions we're all going to the bad place anyway. If there isn't a God, it doesn't hurt, and you believe. act that there is one, then no harm, no foul. You guys, you, I mean, you too. If there is a God, and you act as if there's not one, you could have. It's going to be too late when you find out there is one. So yeah, everybody be on your best behavior. And I will. I will. Because that is, there's there's a profoundness to that that I have to, to have to mitigate, because um, I will leave it with uh, the great philosopher uh, 
Wacko. <laughs> of Wacko, Yakko, and Dot. Of course. Um, who, uh, the final line of their universe song is, is something that I, is, especially in the context of UFOs, it's a big universe and we're not. That's right. So something, uh, where, wherever you are, remember that, you know, we're, there's a lot out there. Yes. And and certainly a lot to explore in, in terms of in terms of fiction, but also in terms of exploring these ideas of, of alien life, which is very cool. And wherever you are, wherever you go, there you are. There you are. All right, <laughs> that's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for participating in the chat. Uh, don't forget, you can hit the button with the dollar sign if you want to give us money in the super chat. And uh, we have a new episode of Tardis Sauce possibly on maybe. Wednesday, maybe. Uh, and then we are back to a semi-regular schedule with Salacious Crumbs and the Ranker Pit that might not be the Ranker Pit anymore. And Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday morning. So more Salacious Crumbs? Well, more, more, more Salacious or Crumbs? Salacious or Crumbs? <laughs> yeah, we could do something like that. Tidbits. Nibbles. Um, and then Triple Bites is back tomorrow night with Star Trek news. Uh, uh, Star Trek and the Orville. So that's that's tomorrow night. I don't know what time i think we're going to do it about did we say eight seven or eight i think we said eight anyway all right so look at our social media find out when we'll announce it and we'll post it sounds good all right thanks very much for being here tonight folks good night good night copyright 2019 by flaming dog media llc all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of flaming dog media 